You are now listening to Music Legends with your host, Chili Will. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Chili Willy, a.k.a. a toenail. Today's music legend has been pushing the boundaries of entertainment since the 80s. She's the wealthiest woman in the music industry with a net worth of just about $700 million. She's widely considered the queen of pop. And if it weren't for her music, today's mainstream music would probably be a lot different. Well, it wouldn't be as scandalous as it is. But let's be honest, who doesn't like a little bit of scandalous? In 1957, it was scandalous for a woman to have a minimum wage paying job, let alone be a millionaire. But only a year later, in 1958, a smart but rebellious baby girl was born who grew up to help change that. Madonna Ciccone was born in August 1958. She was the eldest daughter of six children to Chrysler engineer Tony Ciccone and his wife. Some of her very first memories are riddled with fear and confusion as she began noticing changes in her mother's behavior and personality. Her mother was at a loss to explain her medical condition. How do you explain to your four-year-old daughter that you're dying? A couple years later, when Madonna was only five years old, her mother died of breast cancer. Madonna's father quickly realized he could not take care of the family alone. He hired a housekeeper, but it was only a matter of weeks until she was gone. And there was another housekeeper, just a bit younger. Madonna was only 10 years old, but as the eldest of all her siblings, she felt a responsibility to take care of them and kind of be a housekeeper. Her father felt differently. He didn't want his 10-year-old daughter having a full-time job cleaning the house and babysitting five other kids. In his pursuit to find another housekeeper, he ended up finding something deeper love. The housekeeper he ended up hiring is the one he ended up marrying. I guess it didn't take long for him to get over the death of Madonna's mother, but Madonna herself was still in a haze of mourning and absolutely did not like this woman trying to take her mom's place. In early interviews, Madonna would prefix any mention of her stepmother with the word wicked because of her strict approach. Yet Christopher, the sibling closest to her, revealed that their stepmother's sergeant tendencies influenced his sister more than she cared to admit. Quote, everything had to be done her way, according to her timeline, unquote. Now in high school, Madonna started looking for a more fun way to spend her time rather than doing homework. She began dancing, acting in school plays, and even joined a cheerleading squad. She discovered her love and talent for dancing and expressing herself through movement. She said years later, quote, I was a lonely girl, searching for something. I wasn't rebellious in a certain way. I cared about being good at something. I didn't shave my underarms, and I didn't wear makeup like normal girls do. 
but I studied and I got good grades. I wanted to be somebody. Madonna worked hard and played harder, something her dancing instructor Christopher Flynn made easy. He introduced her to the disco nightlife of Detroit, Michigan, where he would take her on the weekends if her grades were all A's. This became even more motivation for her to do well in school. However, she hated high school and wanted to get out as soon as she could. So with her straight A grades and a burning passion, she was able to graduate early with a dance scholarship to the University of Michigan. However, she only stayed two years. Years later, she said, quote, I went to New York. I had a dream. I wanted to be a big star. I didn't know anybody there, but I knew I wanted to dance. I wanted to sing. I wanted to do all those things. I wanted to make people happy. I wanted to be famous. I wanted everybody to love me. I just wanted to be a star. It was the first time I'd ever taken a plane. <laughs> it was the first time I ever got a taxi cab. I came there with $37 in my pocket. It was the bravest thing I'd ever done." Unquote. So in 1978, a broke college girl with only $37 but a wealth of determination and ambition moved to New York City to start a new life as a waitress at Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, she had to pay rent somehow, which was still quite a bit of money, even for New York's East Village, a poor neighborhood filled with crime and drug problems. But Dunkin' Donuts was just her side gig. Within the first week she had been in the city, Madonna had stepped foot in almost every nightclub New York had to offer. With her short but sweet resume in hand and an innocent smile, she made getting a job in New York look easy. She started as a backup dancer for several nightclubs around the area, and she had moves that blew everyone away and even intimidated the other dancers. I was kind of a beats-oriented dancer, you know, but she was like, you know, twirling around and leg around her neck and, you know, then spinning and all that. So it was, it was, uh, it was a little frightening to be in the middle of a dance floor with no one else there, and she's kind of working the floor very nicely and kind of, I was kind of in, in my place. Through her new dancing jobs, she met a whole crowd of new people, a crowd of professional creatives. Two words that Madonna never thought she'd hear put together. She was introduced to movie makers, choreographers, and most importantly, other musicians. Now, if you've ever seen a picture of Madonna, she's absolutely beautiful. So naturally, this new crowd of people instantly fell in love with her, and she used that to her advantage by taking every opportunity they gave her. And they gave her a lot. Within the span of a year, she acted in a couple low-budget films and learned new types of modern dance. But one night, her good looks got her into a very bad situation. It was almost 2 in the morning on a cool June night. Madonna was walking home from rehearsal like she had done so many times before. But this night felt off. Madonna looked around and saw nobody. She heard only a few distant sirens and honks from nearby taxicabs. She began to realize the city that never sleeps was unusually sleepy. Suddenly, she felt a cold metal knife pressing against her neck and a man grabbed her from behind and covered her mouth. What happened after that may be better left unsaid. But Madonna talked about this experience for the first time in 1995 during an interview with NME. She revealed little detail, but she did say, quote, 
It was a taste of my weakness. It showed me that I still could not save myself in spite of all the strong girls show. I could never forget it. It turned me right around in terms of becoming street smart and more savvy. I was very disturbed by it afterwards. But I knew there was no way that I was going back home." Unquote. And that was the point of no return. And as horrific as it was, she felt she could only move forward from there and out of the dangerous New York neighborhood she lived in. Conveniently, one of the musicians she was working for as a backup singer and dancer asked her to come on tour with him all the way to Paris, France on his 1979 world tour. When she left for France, she left it all behind, and everything she built wasn't waiting up for her to come back. A week later, she was in France, the birthplace of good old romance, and Madonna started to fall deep in love, not just with a man, but with music. She became fascinated with music and began writing her own songs and even singing them. It felt different than dancing. It was the first time she was able to express every wild emotion within her soul. It was only a month later when she got back to New York, but now it was different. When she came back, she had no home, she had no job, all she had was her two newfound loves, singing and her boyfriend Dan Gilroy. Dan Gilroy's brother luckily lived in New York, with a lot of extra room to spare. He lived in a huge place, and he wasn't even paying rent, although it was a bit of a fixer-upper. See, Dan's brother lived in an abandoned synagogue. But when Madonna and her boyfriend moved in, they didn't care. They were making love all day and making music all night. Dan spent hours teaching Madonna how to play the guitar. I taught Madonna uh, everything she knows. No, I, you know what I did? I took a guitar, I tuned it to an open E. You know how you do that? You just, you know how you put your fingers on a guitar to make a chord? Well, you can tune the guitar so that you can just strum it open and it plays a nice E chord which enabled her to put her finger, so jinka jinka jink, jinka 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 In fact, her first song she wrote was with those two little chords. It was again and again, over and over, again and again, over and over, which, you know, it was a nice little pop song. Oh, and it was a nice little pop song, all right. In a couple years, that song would sail to number one on the Billboard Top 100 charts. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Right now, Madonna only knew a couple chords. But a couple chords were all she needed when she decided to start a punk rock band with her boyfriend and his brother. Because to me, punk rock is thinking outside of the box, outside of the program, outside of establishment. And that's what it is. She always seemed to be wanting to get, get moving, let's get to some next step. So the instruments were a way to at least, uh, you know, get it all moving. Dusty Rubble shook, vibrated, 
and watched over the new band as they jammed out in their old religious castle at wee hours of the night until finally stopping when the sun came up just to eat breakfast. They decided to call themselves The Breakfast Club. The Motley Crew of Teenagers. Whoa, I should do a podcast about Motley Crew. Anyway, the rugged gang of teenagers continued to play low-budget shows, but it wasn't enough money to put food on the table of the old synagogue. It got to the point where Madonna's boyfriend and his brother had to get regular jobs at gas stations and department stores. But Madonna refused to go back to a normal life. So instead of going back to work at Dunkin' Donuts, she yet again made quite the career change and signed up to do a nude photo shoot. Years later, the photographer recalled, quote, It was February, 1979, when a quiet, shy young woman walked into my studio and served as a model for my photography class. The dancer, as she modestly described herself, was Madonna Ciccone, unquote. Madonna knew she was strictly there for business, and had a serious mindset about the entire experience. Well, the posing naked thing was more of an artistic outing. She would be getting paid as a model from these photographers. Now, I don't know, you know, what level they were getting off on it or whether they were artists or not, but that was the gig. She went into it in a fairly serious way. But with the extra cash Madonna now had coming in, she started hitting the clubs again. However, her boyfriend wanted her to stay in every night and practice with the rest of the band. One late night after another, Madonna would come home. But one night, Madonna came back from the club. The full moon was shining brightly through the synagogue windows. It lit her way as she tiptoed to the bed, but her boyfriend was gone. I thought I told you to stay in, she heard from the dark side of the room. And for the rest of the night, the neighbors heard yelling back and forth coming from their room. Nights of yelling turned into days filled with arguing and days turned to weeks. Finally, in a fit of frustration, Madonna left her boyfriend, and although deep down she was hurt, this ended up being a turning point in her legendary career. But where did she go after leaving the only place she could call home? Find out after this short break. What's up, folks? As you might already know, I love podcasting. And I have a few of my own. And if you like podcasts, especially the one you're listening to right now, you might like some of my other podcasts. I don't just tell stories about music legends. Let's just say, if you want a bedtime story that will keep you checking your closet for monsters and ghosts, or if you want a campfire story when there's no campfire around, then my podcast Spine Chillers is perfect for you. I've always loved scary stories, and there's only a couple podcasts that I know that tell them. So I created my own. This is how it works. I find the most scary, most spine-chilling stories I can, and then I tell them for your elevated listening experience. It's currently on iTunes and SoundCloud, and we're working on getting it to all you Spotify listeners as well. So if you want some more scary stories in your life, check out Spine Chillers. But now, back to music legends. After leaving her boyfriend, Madonna ended up staying at a friend's dance studio. But it wasn't long before it turned into a full-blown recording studio. 
Madonna got her band back together, everyone except her ex-boyfriend, and started jamming, this time with a different kind of sound. They got back on track, playing shows, and even recording a demo tape. If Madonna wasn't playing with her band at a club, she was dancing the night away. One of those nights, a producer and DJ for Sire Records picked up her demo tape at a merch table. On his way home, he popped the band's tape in his radio, and from the very first song, he was in love. The next day, he rushed to tell his boss about the new talent he found. She's fantastic. I knew she'd be a star. She could be. She could be great. She could be a major star. She is a star, George. The biggest star in the universe right now as we speak. I want to meet her. You got it. Anytime. Name the place. Name anywhere, any street. You got it. Now. The owner of the record company set up a meeting with Madonna and signed her a deal that very day. It was a big deal. She was now on the same record label as the Talking Heads. And she was going viral, as much as anything could in 1983. Her new songs were being played on huge pop radio stations and being played constantly at all the clubs Madonna loved to go to. But Madonna simply didn't have time to hang out and dance the night away anymore. She was hard at work on her debut album. So while she was quietly writing, Madonna was becoming a household name. According to everyone around her at the time, she exuded a certain confidence and swagger that blew open a whole other world for female performers. She wanted to produce her entire first album, but the record company wouldn't let her. They thought she didn't know what she was doing. She refused to be told no, and took over the majority of the production on her next album. And when it was released to the public, her album, Like a Virgin, became the very first album by a female to sell over 5 million copies. And that was just in the United States. It became a worldwide hit too. And so did her fashion trends. After her first world tour in 1985, young women all around the world started dressing like Madonna. And Madonna has a unique kind of style. One that would end up defining an entire generation of legendary fashion trends. I'm talking about lace tops, skirts over capri pants, fishnet stockings, fingerless gloves, and bleached blonde hair, a trademark of Madonna's. Madonna was becoming known for her music and the clothes she wore, but she was about to become known for, well, taking them off. The next month's issue of Playboy magazine included the nude pictures taken of Madonna years earlier when she was living in the abandoned synagogue trying to put food on the table. She had the mindset that no one would ever see them except for the weird art snobs who lived in the upper Manhattan. Now, everyone buying a Playboy magazine saw them. However, she wasn't as upset as one might expect for something like this to happen. Her manager said in a press conference, quote, any innocence she may have had is now gone. She has nothing to hide anymore. From now on, she will forever invade her privacy herself." Unquote. The entire situation left Madonna covered in controversy, though she had learned something not only about herself, but about the way everybody saw her. She said, quote, A lot of people are just really confused by me. They don't know what to think of me, so they just compartmentalize me or diminish me. Maybe they just feel unsafe. 
But anytime you have an overly emotional or irrational negative reaction to something, you're fearing something that it's bringing up in you." Unquote. So from then on, she used her fame as a tool to bring those emotional reactions out of her fans. And boy did it work. Madonna's performance of Like a Virgin at the 1984 MTV Music Video Awards was called one of the most iconic pop performances of all time. A queen of music and motion, and every biker's dream guest writer, Madonna. Now, for the people that weren't at the 1984 MTV Music Awards, I'll put a link in the show notes. But let me try and break down what happened. Madonna appeared on stage wearing a wedding dress atop a giant wedding cake, then proceeded to roll herself around on the cake, then onto the floor in an erotic manner. The performance attracted attention of conservative organizations who complained that the song and its accompanying video promoted premarital sex and undermined family values. Some of those organizations even tried to get the song and video banned, but Madonna shot back, saying, quote, I was surprised how many people reacted to Like a Virgin, because when I did that song, to me, I was singing about how something made me feel a certain way, brand new and fresh, and everybody interpreted it as, I don't want to be a virgin anymore, fuck my brains out, that's not what I sang at all. Like a Virgin was absolutely ambiguous, unquote. Madonna kept fighting the good fight by continuing to test America's conservative mindsets and pushing the boundaries of her music and her brand. Whether she was kissing Black Jesus in her 1989 video for Like a Prayer, appearing naked with Naomi Campbell in her coffee table book called Sex, which was a great title for an adults-only picture book, which included photographs where Madonna appears mostly without clothes and everything from men and women in crazy positions on chairs, with dogs, and even eating slices of pizza. The book was a bestseller around the country. You can grab it on Amazon for around 150 if you like that kind of thing. By 1992, Madonna's popularity was worldwide and she had established herself as a sharp young businesswoman. She signed a $60 million contract with Warner Brothers Records, which included her own record company. This finally gave her the freedom to unapologetically create. She made videos, films, books, merchandise, and more than six albums using the resources of her new record company. She was as successful as could be, and in typical Madonna fashion, bought a pink mansion in the Hollywood Hills. However, she wouldn't live there for long. Madonna was done living the high life. Now, she just wanted to live. She only had the pink mansion for a few years. She sold it for a quaint home in a low-key suburb and had two kids, a boy and a girl. Madonna described the event to People magazine as, quote, the greatest miracle of my entire life, unquote. Around this time, she was introduced to an offshoot of Judaism called Kabbalah, which she became fascinated with and even inspired some of her future albums. Madonna began to practice this religion, and it's not a particularly easy religion to follow. Traditional followers of Kabbalah wear a red string around their wrist to ward off the evil eye. They believe the path to spiritual enlightenment lies in a mix of orthodox Jewish tradition and positive thinking. 
Now, parts of that may be true, but they believe to also only drink blessed water, which can cost up to $8 per bottle. Madonna's spiritual awakening led to a couple children's books, which she wrote and published. And that was just in her spare time. She put her music off to the side for at least a little while. She wanted to focus on her new passion, which was acting, and of course, her kids. The material girl turned serious actress, singer, songwriter, and mom appears to have it all. And she accepts it all, including the constant media attention. But she attacks it with calm, as if she's planning the next phase. And she probably is. She told Time Magazine, quote, I never wish I had a different life. I'm lucky to be in the position of power that I'm in and to be intelligent. It's not in my nature just to kick back." Unquote. According to Billboard magazine, she's in the second place in terms of the all-time best-selling artists right next to the Beatles. I once heard somebody say, let art be a source of energy and approach it without any preconceived notion. And I feel like the same could be said about Madonna. She tapped into emotions the rest of the music industry was afraid to show. Madonna thrives off those emotions. Whether they're good, bad, naughty, sexy, or edgy, she's never been afraid to express exactly how she feels. But it's not just what she sings that makes her a music legend, it's how she sings it. Madonna has a timeless and beautifully powerful voice that continues to help millions of people express and awaken feelings they might not have even known they had. For over 35 years, Madonna has been a cultural force to be reckoned with, and there's no sign of her hanging up the leotard anytime soon. Thank you all so much for listening to Music Legends. If you haven't already, share it with some friends. And if you liked what you just heard, write me a good review on iTunes or wherever you listen. I know it seems like a simple little thing, but it really does mean the world to me. This episode was produced, edited, and recorded by me, Chili Willie. I also want to give a quick but big shout out to my friend and teacher, Chase Thompson, who helps a bunch as well. He's a complete badass when it comes to podcasting and pretty much anything else audio related. Thanks for everything. It's only the beginning. And for everyone else, what music legend do you want me to do next? Hit me on the email at musiclegendspodcast at gmail.com or the snail mail or a paper scroll sealed by wax. Whichever way you prefer to transfer words. This has been Music Legends with Chilly.